Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the So What Podcast. My name is Anna McGuire and I am so excited to have a conversation with you today about sowing intentionally into our lives so that we may reap abundantly in the days, weeks, months, and even years to come. If you don't know this yet about the So What Podcast, is that I want every conversation every single week to be relevant to you. I don't want to just have conversations that make noise and take up space. No, what I want to do is have conversations that are applicable to our lives, that are relevant to our culture and relevant to the circumstances that we face, the relationships that we have. And so one thing that I often invite from my friends and those around me is feedback. Feedback, what is it that you want to hear on So What? What is maybe some things you want to hear less of? I'm always open to some feedback when it comes to the content of these episodes. So recently, I took to my Instagram stories, as I do often, and I asked, what are some topics that you want to hear more of, more conversations you want to have on So What? And overwhelmingly, you shared that you wanted to hear more about feelings and emotions. And so I'm here for that. I was going to have this conversation in a couple weeks, but I decided I'm going to bump it up and we're going to have it today. You see, emotions are so unique and I absolutely love studying them. As both a counselor and as a pastor, emotions are so complex and they're so intriguing and there's something unique to each of them and they're also unique in the way we each experience them. And that's the thing is that we all have emotions. We all experience them. And these emotions range from we feel content or happy, sad to frustrated, and there are countless other emotions in between. And as a society, what I have found is that we deem some emotions good and other emotions bad. If I were to ask you right now, what are good emotions? What comes to your mind? If I had to guess, you would probably say happy or joyful, elated, content, peace-filled. Like these are emotions that are good. And then if I were to ask you what are bad emotions? What may come to your mind is scared or disgusted, angry. And this is what I firmly believe. There is no such thing as a bad emotion. There are emotions that we want to experience more often, and there are emotions that we typically want to experience less of, but the emotions that we want to experience less of, that doesn't make them bad emotions. Emotions, no matter how you choose to label them, they're just that. They're emotions. And what I have found is that more challenging emotions like sadness, anger, frustration, disgust, those emotions that we experience, more the challenging ones, they point us to a need, an experience, or an unmet expectation in our lives. Emotions are indicators. Think about when you're driving your car and you look at all of the gauges. And there's a specific gauge we keep our eyes on the most, and that is our fuel gauge. And that is an indicator for how much gas you have in your tank and how soon you need to go to the gas station or how much you need to pray to get to the next place you're going to. 
It's an indicator. And it's the same thing with our emotions. They're indicators. They tell us what we need, what it is we're experiencing, what our circumstances and relationships are adding or even taking away from our lives. Our emotions are a way that our mind reminds us that it's time to check in on ourselves and our circumstances. I think that we can reframe the emotion of anger today through this lens. That anger is an indicator. And I'm going to repeat this a couple times throughout. Is that anger is an indicator, not a dictator. It doesn't have to be a dictator in your life. That's the emotion we're going to be focusing on today. And anger, it's a fickle emotion. You can go days, maybe even weeks without experiencing it. And in an instant, it's plowing past your sense of control, your contentment and relaxation, and it is making you haywire. And on the other hand, anger can hang around for a long, long time. And it may feel like that it's that canker sore that simply won't go away. And whatever it may be for you, whether it's been away for a while and maybe it just pops up every once in a while and it catches you off guard or it feels like it's been hanging around like that annoying sore, it has the ability to cripple our confidence, make us believe the worst about others and ourselves, and really it can lead us to making decisions that we would never make otherwise. And when it comes to experiencing anger, there are typically two responses, expression and suppression. Expression and suppression. Think about the last time that you were angry. Maybe it was today, yesterday, or last week. What was your response? Did you express your anger or did you suppress your anger? So expressing your anger can look like this. Typically, it looks like lashing out or screaming or even becoming physically aggressive. When we think of anger, expression is the kind of response that most comes to our mind. Like you think about like the angry person in the movie you recently watched. It's probably they're screaming and scheming and lashing out, whether with their words or their physical body in some kind of way. So that would be the expression of anger. The other would be suppression. And this actually might be the more common response for individuals. Well, that is initially. Suppression would be where some people or someone would choose to suppress their anger in the hope of the situation changing or simply going away. So with that hope, they don't speak of their anger or the cause of their anger. Instead, they just keep stuffing it on the inside. And honestly, this can work for a moment or even a season, but it will eventually lead to expression. So again, this can be common, suppression, but it leads eventually to expression. Lisa Turkers talked about this idea of suppression in her book, Unglued. She actually calls it stuffing. And she said, when we stuff or suppress our anger, it's like we're collecting rocks on the inside of us and eventually there will be no more room for rocks inside of us and there will come a breaking point that we use all that we suppressed, all of the rocks, quote unquote, 
and we begin to hurl them at the people around us. So then we begin to express. So we're trying to suppress so that we don't hurt anybody's feelings. We don't have to really deal with the situation. We hope it goes away. But really what it leads to is still hurting individuals. We become extremely expressive because we can't suppress any longer. So again, suppression, it begins in, with this idea that we're trying to avoid, but it then leads to expression. Expression and suppression, the two most common responses. And both may bring a sense of resolve for a moment, but I believe they miss getting to the root of anger. They may remedy it for a moment, but I really don't believe that those two things bring about resolve. I'm not about remedies. Like a Band-Aid is good for the moment. However, a Band-Aid isn't going to heal the inner, deeper part of the wound. Only a resolution, a resolve will. So what kind of resolve can we have? What kind of response can we have instead of just expression and suppression? And the word that I want to use is release. So instead of having expression and or suppression, I want you to think about when it comes to anger, release. Release. Releasing your anger. Releasing your anger is different in the sense of of expression and suppression because in this you recognize it, you don't suppress it, and you don't let it control you. You don't let it control how you express your anger. And honestly, these are just a couple simple ways that I have seen in my own personal life and ways that I've been able to walk alongside of other people when it comes to anger. Six simple things that I want to share with you. These aren't necessarily groundbreaking, but I really believe it is, these are simple next steps that you can take so that you may respond to anger in a healthy way. And here's a quick thing. You may be asking, is anger a bad emotion? Circling back to the beginning. No, it is not a bad emotion. We are all going to experience anger. It is what you do with that anger. Are you going to suppress it? That's not healthy for you. There's actually data that shows that suppressing anger for extended periods of time that is detrimental not only to your mental health, but to your physical health. And then expressing it in an explosive and angry way, that's also not good for you. That's not good for your relationships. That's not good for your mind. That's not good for your heart. It's not good for the environments that you are in. So how do we respond to anger in a healthy way? Because it's, it's not, it is not doable to never experience anger. To, like, to set out on the goal, like, I don't want to be angry ever. Well, then you might as well just like live in your bedroom for the rest of your life because that isn't really possible. I would just say point blank, that is not possible. We are going to experience anger. So how are we going to respond to it? Suppress, express, I would say set those aside and instead release, release. So here's six simple things. The first thing I would say is that when you're experiencing anger is first take deep breaths. This may sound completely cheesy or cliche or beyond you, but there is a powerful amount of data and science behind this release strategy. 
In high anger moments, I want to encourage you to inhale from your belly, not your chest, deep breaths from the bottom of your belly. This kind of breathing communicates to your brain that you are safe and that allows your brain to make its way back to baseline or clear thinking. If anger catches us off guard, think about what typically happens. We start getting flustered and we start breathing in our chest and we're like, are you kidding me? Oh my word. Are you serious? Did this just really happen? And we start breathing in our chest and that really begins to work us up even more, which elicits a greater unhealthy expression of anger. So take those deep belly breaths. That makes you slow down. Think about it. You can't really get your emotions worked up if you are breathing intentionally from the bottom of your gut, from the bottom of your belly. Take deep breaths. When anger catches you off guard or you feel the anger rising up inside of you, take deep breaths. The second thing I would say is move your body. Move your body. Sometimes sitting still can make you feel even more anxious or on edge with anger. So moving your body with stretching or walking, running, or working out can release tension in your muscles, which then in turn releases overall tension in your body, which then tells your brain to come back to baseline and clear thinking, which again helps with not having unhealthy suppression or expression. This honestly is one of my personal favorite release strategies and one I use with students that I meet with on a regular basis. If I sense that a student is feeling elevated in their emotions, I ask them to take a quick walk around the gym or to go up and down the hallway, and by the end of the walk, they're feeling relaxed and ready to have a healthy conversation. There's something powerful about moving your body, releasing the tension from your muscles so that you can come back down to a place of having healthy conversations and healthy ways of going about dealing with your anger. The third thing I would say is ask for a pause. If you're feeling angry when talking with someone and you're at a point where you don't want to say anything you'll regret, ask for a pause. My husband, Andrew, is so gracious about this. This is one of my personal ways to release anger. If we are getting in a disagreement of some sort and I feel myself rising up and there's some things inside of me that I don't want to respond in a negative way, I ask for five minutes. And what I do is I change my surroundings for a moment so that I can take a few deep breaths and collect my thoughts so that I can have a healthy conversation in the few moments to come. And here's the deal. This is not an opportunity asking for your pause. This is not the time for you to strategize how you're going to win your argument or how you are going to yell better or prove your point. This is honestly the time for you to get some deep breaths in and to collect your thoughts so that you won't say or do anything that you regret. So third thing, ask for a pause. Fourth thing, recognize your triggers and find alternatives. So if your daily commute turns you into a ball of rage and frustration, try finding an alternative route or leaving earlier for work. Like if you're like, I get so mad that I get stuck in traffic every day. Well, if you know that that's a trigger for you and gets you worked up even before you get to work, 
find a different route or leave earlier for work or figure out a way to find an alternative way so that you don't have to experience that kind of anger on a day-to-day basis. If you've got a loud coworker who constantly taps their foot, look into some noise-canceling headphones. The idea here is to pinpoint and understand the things that trigger your anger. Once you're more aware of what those triggers are, you can take steps to avoid falling prey to them. If you aren't sure where your anger is coming from, try to remind yourself to take a moment the next time you feel angry. Use this time to take stock of what happened in the moment leading up to your feelings of anger. Were you with a particular person? What were you doing? How were you feeling leading up to that moment? Take inventory. Understand, okay, what are possible triggers here? And then once you understand the triggers, find ways to avoid those triggers or to find alternatives to those triggers. Fifth thing, communicate your frustration. You see, angry outbursts don't do any favors for you. But that doesn't mean you can't vent your frustrations to a trusted friend or family member after a particularly bad day. Plus, allowing yourself space to express some of your anger prevents it from bubbling up inside. It prevents it from suppressing it. And in the same sense, if you recognize that a person's particular actions or words are leading up to you feeling angry, after collecting your thoughts, communicate your frustration. Share with them what is frustrating you. And you might be asking me, Anna, how do I go about healthily sharing my frustrations? Well, guess what? I have just the episode of So What For You. It's called Having the Conversations We Hate to Have. And I've linked it in the show notes for you. So if you want to know how to go about sharing your frustration in a healthy way, listen to that episode, Having the Conversations We Hate to Have. It's one of my personal favorites. And honestly, it's one of those episodes that people share with me time and time again that has been so helpful for them. So fifth thing, communicate your frustration. And number six, seek help. It's normal and healthy to feel upset and angry from time to time. Let's make that very clear. But if you can't shake a bad mood or you constantly feel overwhelmed by anger, it might be time to ask for help. And I say this with all the love in my heart. If your anger is impacting your relationships and well-being, talking with a qualified therapist can help you work through resources and figuring out the sources of your anger and help you develop personalized coping skills. So that would be the sixth thing I would say is seek help. Again, I'm talking about if you're finding that anger is impacting your relationships and your overall well-being and it's going on for a significant amount of time, it, it is a good time to reach out to a qualified therapist to help you figure out your next steps to get to the root, the source of your anger, and also create personalized coping skills. So the six things for releasing anger. Again, we're not talking about expressing it or suppressing it in a negative way. Instead, we want to release it. That's what we want our response to be is to release it, not to meditate on it, not to harbor it, not to hold on to it, but to release it. And the way we can release it in a healthy way is these six things. And this isn't an exhaustive list. I'm, I know you can find more things, but these are the things I find so practical that you and I can carry out today. That first thing is take deep breaths. And I want you to think belly breaths, belly breaths, take deep breaths. 
The second thing, move your body. Third thing, ask for a pause. Ask for a pause. Fourth thing, recognize triggers and find alternatives. And just as a quick reminder with this one, this is a moment for you to take inventory of what happens in the moments leading up to your feelings of anger. Were you with a particular person? What were you doing? How were you feeling leading up to that moment? That's what you're doing with understanding and recognizing the triggers. The fifth thing, communicate your frustration. Have a trusted friend, family member that you can share frustrations with. And then on the same time, if you're frustrated with someone, whether it's their actions or their attitude, have a conversation with them. And a great way to go about having a healthy conversation is listening to the episode that is in the show notes, having the conversations we hate to have. And the sixth thing, which is the final thing, seek help. If your anger is impacting your relationships and overall well-being, talking to a qualified therapist may be your next step. One last thing I want to encourage you with. Angry is not who you are. Angry is not who you are. It is an emotion you experience. When we experience anger or we feel angry, it is so easy to begin to tell ourselves that we are angry people, that we are just, I'm just, I'm just angered all the time. And I just, I'm just an angsty person. And I want to tell you that is not who you are. It is an emotion you experience. And you don't have to live in the identity of anger. That is not who you are. And if you yourself have labeled yourself that way or somebody else has labeled you that, I want you to retrain your thinking. Tell yourself, angry is not who I am. It's an emotion I experience. It's an emotion I experience. Friend, I am always in your corner and I am cheering you on. And I so believe that anger doesn't have to be a dictator in our life. Instead, it can be an indicator of where we're at, how we need to check in. And these six simple steps that we just talked about, you can apply them today so that, again, anger isn't dictating you, but you can understand what it's trying to indicate to you and you can release it in a healthy way. I love you so much. I believe in you. I can't wait to talk to you again next week.